servant. Tonight's affection will bring in some of my experiences from living out my faith in what can be a reasonably secular workplace at times, and it comes from moving into working for the civil service after completing my master's degree, which had followed on from a sort of period of depression and anxiety for me. And so, fortunately, I'm getting to share on a passage that has been quite special for that time, and with my church far now, who have helped me through a lot of things, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their love and support in this time. So, it's really great to be sharing just some thoughts and reflections on my own experiences and my own views with you guys. Um, so, if I've become a lot better at learning to trust God, often I forget to embrace that he has a plan. And so I do not need to form my own plans. We find that when we let Christ take more control in our lives, our identity becomes defined by him which is one that sets out to offer hope to those around us, even through the pain. So tonight's reading is going to come from Philippians 4, verses 4 to 14 and 18 to 20, which is part of Paul's prison letters, which is a series of letters Paul wrote to the early church when he was in a Roman prison. And so even in this extraordinary time, Paul's writings offer hope to the early church and saw hope to us all these years later. And so this one is to a Roman colony in Macedonia called Philippi. And the story behind this church can be found in Acts 16, which is well worth a read if you've got the time to, to do so. Um, <laughs> now, the passage I'm about to let Rebecca come up and read for you comes from, just relates back to the season we've been journeying for as a church around freely we have received, so freely we can give. And so the invitation from this is both not only that we have received from God, but also that we need to give out what we have received. And so I'll first hand over to Rebecca to share with us Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, reveal in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shake your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays his worry at the centre of your life. Summing it up all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realised. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I'm glad in God, far happier that you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it, 
actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me, it did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. And now I have it all, and keep getting more. The gifts you sent with Ephroditus were more than enough, like a sweet-smelling sacrifice roasting on the altar, filling the air with fragrance, pleasing God to no end. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, his generosity exceeding even yours, and the glory that pours from Jesus, our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Yes. So to make this, thank you, Becca. So to make this a three-point sermon and not a nine or ten-point sermon, I am going to use the covenant triangle from three-dimensional ministries, which will come up. So time, everyone. No, no, no. No, that was not the message of the sermon. Um, no, we have um, three points. Um, so number one is that to displace anxiety, we have the knowledge that we are children of God. Number two is that through learning to be content, we're showing obedience to God. And number three, by giving ourselves up to trusting in God's provision, we are finally giving glory back to God. So point one, anxiety. So what does it mean to give up being anxious and instead surrender this to God? For me, my experience has come from just towards the end of my master's trying to work out what was I going to do next? And I had gone through coming quite close in a lot of different applications, a lot of different graduate programs through a lot of them really well-known ones and just never quite making it through and I just pretty much kind of given up on it and then I stumbled upon one before civil service and I had been like oh you know I'd always wanted to work in the civil service but given up on it and I'm like well I probably won't get this so whatever just put my hand in the ring and I actually put my hand in the ring even though throughout it I felt no it's not going to work out it's not going to work out Around this time, I've been getting some prayer from people in the church around um, me, and they kept getting words from Daniel, the book of Daniel. And sure enough, Daniel was a civil servant. <laughs> and strangely enough, I ended up getting the job and ended up at the program. And it has been wonderful, and I love it. But, so, you know, God really does provide. <laughs> um, so, Paul tells us in the reading that being anxious should be replaced by hope in Christ. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. The lesson from Paul's writing is instead of worrying about the future, we should frame it into our prayers to know that God is right alongside us in the muck. This can be difficult when our worries seem so little compared to what God has in his plate. But God is relational, so he's right there alongside us, so whatever we have is not actually too little for him. He's right there. So 
And this is the thing, is that no matter what we do, no matter how far we go from God, we can never be separated from the fact that we are children of God. And through being children of God, that is what gives us an identity in Christ. So when we... So Mark Sayers from the This Cultural Moment podcast, which... See you, Nathan. Um, which a few of you guys will be listening to, he wrote a book called um, Strange Days, Life in the Spirit. Now, he says here, the reason we feel as anxious as we do is that we don't see what we expected. We came running into the new world with arms raised in triumph, like a boxer waiting for flowers to flood the ring. But as the darkness swirls around us, our posture shifts. Our arms slouch in confusion, as if to ask, what is this? Expect utopia, and dystopia is jarring. Sayers argues in this book that the world offers us endless opportunities and unfulfilled desires. We're in this narrative of total freedom, where we can have whatever our heart desires or is content with, that actually we ended up into a culture of success where our measure is what we can achieve. But what this culture results in is not actually the freedom that it promises, but actually limited options and leaves you in a treadmill. And so this treadmill offers no hope. He says it offers no hope for the weary and the burdened. And so in this being filled with these empty promises, that's what we keep trying to do. Except the narrative of God is totally different. And us as Christians is to speak God's word into this narrative that we are divine, defined by what we can achieve or what we can consume, rather. And so therefore, what we offer to others in the storm's life, we can embrace God knowing that he provides for us and that Christ is a way and Christ offers us true freedom. Jesus reminds us of this in his Sermon of the Mount. In Matthew 6.34, Jesus tells us, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God's will will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Jesus tells us that we are to focus our present realities on him, rather than to plan our way out of it. We are to focus to God in prayer and discern his path for us, not what we would want or what the world tells us we should want, but rather what God and Jesus is telling us right now. For we are all used by Jesus and God, and the Spirit will work for us to bring about his kingdom. The world will tell you not that this is a lie and a cop-out, but Jesus and God will tell you, I am going to use you through every moment and weave it together to bring in something that is marvellous, and that's going to be his kingdom. So then, what does it mean to be content in this world, given that being content is not going to come from having the next iPhone? <laughs> being content to Paul is to know that our identity and our purpose has already been set by God, rather than us needing to find or earn it. 
Going back to his letter, he writes, I'm just as happy with as little as of much, with much as of little. I found recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. Learning how to be content leads to happiness, which is by trusting God to work in us. Let's not forget that Paul says we can be happy no matter our physical circumstances. And he's writing this from a Roman prison, <laughs> literally not knowing whether he is going to live or die. So even in the moment of unimaginable turmoil like that, where he's literally being persecuted for his beliefs, he's telling the church to have hope because they're a part of God's plan. So... Reflecting back to my own story, I can see that I've gone quite far from what is Paul's, you know, bar and threshold here. <laughs> so, you know, but so I can say that in one of the agencies I was working for as a part of a graduate program, I was seconded there. And what happened is I needed to re recreate a process. Basically, a common internal uh, approval process had become quite long. And yes, while it was very thorough, it was taking too much time, and so I need to find a more efficient way. And so everything just took longer. Everything took much further than I thought it would, and just, it became jarring. And so what happened is, in this, I'd become myself, let myself become defined by what I could achieve, or how many runs or wins I could get on the board, rather than knowing and trusting God is going to work through me and give me whatever I need in terms of my own intellect and my own way and that my work can give glory back to him. Instead, I was becoming con abounded in an infinite loop. An infinite loop where you're not going to get out of it because the whole time you can shift the goalpost. Uh, as soon as you obtain one thing, you're like, oh, I can do this by then. What happens is you actually know, no, this is not far enough. You've got to go further. And so what we see in this is actually his mindset can be difficult to break. Instead of worrying about being productive, we should instead let frame our worries to God. For God will be able to provide, and he provides for us at the right time. Just as he's been faithful to Paul in a prison, he will be faithful to us. That is the glory of the scripture, is that God's love is constant, no matter what. Eugene Peterson tells us in As Kingfishers Catch Fire, Paul has been around the block a few times. He has been up and he has been down. There are surprises that neither adversity nor success could deal him. He has visited the extremes, and what he knows is that what God has done with him him is far more important and lasting and real than anything that could be done to him and from the outside by weather or government or persons. Immaturity is that in-between innocence and experience when we think that by changing what we have or whom we are with or where we are, we can change ourselves. Mature Christians are able to do all things because they know they don't have to do everything. They acquire the strength to live because they don't have to be anxious 
and constantly attentive to trivia. They don't have to take responsibility for the whole world on their shoulders. Content means that when we face troubles, we can be God is our guide and he will show us through the moment. And actually knowing and trusting in God through that and learning to be content and going through it in prayer, we're showing obedience to God. And actually, if you want to TLDR on that, or too long did not read, um, <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 actually sums it up nicely. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. So, in summary, for the second point, the world will keep you in captivity, but God will give you freedom. Because God is going to give you the contentment you need. So, our final point on this three-point sermon, <laughs> since we're not going to go into the thesis... Um, I've written a thesis and I don't want to write another one. Um, <laughs> is that we have seen what is Christ's response to the times when we are anxious and what it means to be content. Therefore, obedience to God gives us the space to give back to God. And this is through showing others the freedom we have received from Christ. So, Paul encourages the church in the end part of the reading that Rebecca did so wonderfully is that, you, is that Paul says you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Paul is calling us to pour out the grace that Christ has won for us on the cross. God wants us to give glory back to him by living out his grace throughout our lives. So, and God will provide for us through this, so we can pour out that grace onto others. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, his second letter to them, in 9 8. God can pour on blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. We can be assured that God will provide us with all that we need, no matter the circumstances. God provides for us through his Holy Spirit. For us, whatever our trials may be, our role is to trust and pour out that love onto others. Thereby, if we love if we live by Christ, we show others this grace. Recently, this has been really true for me. So I have been journeying alongside a colleague in a different team mm. at the agency I'm now currently working for. Now, this person has been going through a moment of trying to navigate through some quite heavy past trauma. And I'm not going to go into details on that for obvious reasons. And so... In this, you feel, what can I do, God? I'm, my heart is breaking for what I'm being told. I'm hearing stories of pain, trauma, of hopelessness. 
and of just real deep struggle in this and your heart is breaking. But actually what God offers us is that we can be present for that person. We can't save them. God will do the saving. So yes, maybe in that time we can't directly, especially for this person because they're not of a faith. We can't, we can say we're Christians and we can't necessarily directly come in with the good news of Jesus and start quoting scripture and verse. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that, that can come later. Now at the moment... <laughs> um, now, now at the moment what we can do is we can show them that God gives us grace. And that grace means we can be free from guilt for our own past actions. And the thing is that we all needed it. So having that and being able to share my own moments of pain into that person, I found that I was actually able to just do that. And each time I left those conversations of that person, I actually felt renewed and refreshed. And it was because God's spirit came down on me after those moments and I just knew right then and there that times there I was just sharing the love of Christ and that love of Christ can displace anything and everything you're going through because Christ's love is far stronger than whatever we can put in front of it and so in, in summary and closing of this point I want to say that because God has freely given us all things. We are liberated to lay down our lives for his kingdom without fear. And so we have seen as we've gone through this story and we've gone our way back around the whole triangle. We've seen we are children of God. Therefore, through being faithful to God through our prayer and letting God take care of our petitions, we are being obedient to him. And then through us giving away that grace that he has given us, we are actually giving our glory back to God, we see that we are completing our way around this. But actually, what we are doing is we're just, our call is from God, is that he will do the heavy lifting, our role is just to live it out. For we are as salt, we are the light, and we don't give ourselves saltiness or light, God gives us that. We lose track of the sight that Christ is our light or Christ is our salt, then we are losing track of what we are meant to be. And so through this, actually, we see that it is actually nicely summed up in a bit I want to share with you. And it's in the end of actually the Thursday evening we do in the prayers at St. Peter's in the evening prayers. And it says here, Be present, merciful God. And protect us through the silent hours of this night, that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this fleeting world may rest upon your eternal changelessness. Amen. And so now as we go from this time into a time of worship, I want to call up our worship band to come and lead us in this so that we can give glory back to God through our worship. And I also just ask that anyone who is feeling that this has brought up moments of pain for them or moments where they felt short of what God's hope is for us, please go and kneel by the cross 
and one of our prayer team will pray for you and you can just really go there and rest and knowing that God's spirit is going to be there with you right alongside you in this moment. Thank you, everyone, and thanks be to God for his word. Amen.